With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Monday afternoon, 12.30. This is the Axon Bull, and I'm Paul John Dykes, and I'm delighted. Today, it's a new lineup. It's a new lineup on a Monday. Amy will be back. It will be a bumper uh, Monday afternoon when Amy's back. But joining us on a Monday, as well as Colin Watt, who you are all familiar with, is young James McKenzie. You've done a wee um, swift change from a Wednesday. Kevin Graham's analogies uh, got all too much for you, mate, and you've come to join Colin, Amy and I on a Monday. How are you, James? Yeah, I'm doing quite good. It would be it'd be quite funny to blame Kevin for chasing me away, but <laughs> uni, uni restrictions come in and I move to Mondays. You know, that, that seems to be a kind of reoccurring theme. 
Did you not used to be on a Wednesday? I did, Oh my God. And so did Brian. And then Kev's mm-hmm. now on his own. I'd like to say that Kev is a very nice person. There's not anything at all to do with Kev at all. Um, I mean, he can. his pronunciations are a bit all over the place, but apart from that, he's a really nice guy. There's I heard Tag Sabanovich and that was the last throw. I heard on Tag Sabanovich. You missed a whole season of Elenusi. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. By the way, we've we've all been um, guilty here and there of mispronouncing words. I'm sure there is a whole litany um, that can be given to my name. So let me know uh, what I don't say properly in the comments field. I'm sure there are far more important things for you to talk about. And we are keen to get you involved in the comments today because Celtic have fallen to their first league defeat in almost a year. Um, the headline reads Ange will ensure that Paisley defeat was no more than a blip but what did he learn what did we learn Colin we'll be asking that we'll be looking through the entire team uh, and seeing what worked what didn't work not much worked to be honest with you did the third kit work against the St Mirren jersey well it seemed to work for St Mirren Uh, it didn't confuse them any but uh, we will kick off by bringing in some of our regular contributors, Jungle Lions, first in on the YouTube channel. Hopefully Ange does learn fast, two to three changes at most. We've seen it so often, Colin. We have seen in the past where there's a whole host of changes and it just doesn't flow. But on the flip side, we made a lot of changes against Ross County up at Dingwall, which is historically Mm -hmm. a difficult ground to go and get a result at. And it worked okay. So before the game... Are you thinking to yourself there are too many changes getting made here or is that something you're looking at with hindsight? With the benefit no, of hindsight, Colin? I genuinely did say um, to uh, a couple of my pals when I seen the lineup. I said, that's that's not the, the right team to play today. I, I knew from the word go that wasn't the right team to play. Um, and it takes you back exactly a year, uh, a year today actually, when we went through to um, the spaghetti ad when we were playing Livingston. Um, and you look at the team that played that day, we started guys like James McCarthy. We had volleyball and Golly's first ever appearance under Ange and mm. last ever appearance under Ange with Ayeti up front. Um, Turnbull and Roderick came into the team. Um, Welsh came in as well to replace the, the injured Starfelt, I believe. Um, so that was a lot of changes at that point as well and I was looking at that team yesterday and I just thought there's, we're, we're making far too many changes I always go with if it's a successful team don't change it too too much um, and we did and I kind of had a wee feeling when I saw that team that we would maybe struggle um, so I mean it's kind of it's hard to say but looking at it yesterday you're looking at players that haven't really had a run of games, guys like Anthony Ralston, guys like Stephen Welsh, and then they're coming in against a team in St Mirren who had their best start to the season in a number of years. They've been playing some decent football and they were coming up against some um, strikers who were on form as well. Yeah, OK, on the balance of play, looking at it, Celtic should have done a lot better, but it just kind of goes to show you, you can't just throw these guys in from the cold. That, that's the difficulty, Colin. Um, and by the way, that was another Nostradamus moment, Colin. The only thing is, though, you always come back and tell us what you were thinking after it's proven right. So I don't know how many of the actual bulletins we could go back on to actually find any of your predictions that came to fruition. It's always, oh, I thought that or I said that. But fair play. There was one I remember we were in the, the studio covering the game live. Was it um, Kilmarnock away, maybe or St. Johnston away? Mm-hmm. And just as Olivier and Cham came on, I said he's going to score the next goal. 
and he went on and scored the next goal. And everything in the comment section is actually they put it on at the bookies. But all eight we're going into a game in Paisley, James, where we're up against a, a manager who, certainly in Scotland, has got a decent pedigree. I mean, he's done really well with, with clubs that don't have a massive budget, right? I mean, he made Motherwell quite a, a difficult side to play against. Yeah. And you know that he would do the same at St Mirren. You know, you know that he, he brings in physical players. Uh, I mean, I, I was just talking about this earlier on. You look at their front line. Uh, we've got a player in there in Yentz that uh, up until now, and it's not changed my mind, I've got to say, up until now I've been saying, you know, this is another uh, guy that we need to bring in permanently at the end of the campaign if we have that opportunity. We've got Welsh, I think, up until uh, yesterday's game, had done well when he played for Celtic this season. Uh, and they're up against a guy who's played most of his football in non-league English football and Curtis Main, who's bounced about Scottish clubs mm-hmm. and elsewhere. But Robinson has a, a, a knack getting a tune out of that type of player so what I'm probably thinking is you know wholesale changes can work from time to time but yesterday the whole scenario the whole makeup of that game and what we all knew we were going to face do you think he got it wrong I mean Jungle Lions saying uh, you know we've got a two week gap so you can't use the rotation as a as a kind of reason for changing it, knowing that perhaps we had another game midweek against European opposition which we don't uh, what was your take on it James? I think when I first saw the lineup, I could sort of understand why he'd rotate the team a bit because it was a really hard-fought and competitive game against Shakhtar Donetsk on Wednesday where, I mean, some of the players looked knackered by the end of the shot specifically and Cameron Carter-Vickers pulls up with an injury in training on Friday, which mm. I don't know if the game on Wednesday contributed to that injury or whatever, but he's going to be out for a few weeks. So I sort of understood when Ange was looking at it, but hindsight's a wonderful thing. And after the game, sort of where we went wrong was the rotation in the team. We looked a bit slow and lethargic in the midfield with guys like Aaron Moy and David Turnbull in there. And I, I get the argument as why would you rest players when we've got an international break coming up? But ultimately, it was the rotation of the players too much rotation, which cost us on Sunday at the end. Yeah, and uh, we've got a lot of opinions coming in, of course, it is all about that. It is just our opinion in relation to where it went wrong. We're not overreacting, there's no knee-jerk here, Colin, we're sitting, certainly me, I'm sitting with a brew and just uh, looking back on uh, a run of games that saw us almost go a year without defeat in the Scottish League. Uh, It was always going to come to an end. James and I were speaking before you popped in, uh, before we went live, that uh, you remember back to the the brilliant Brendan Rodgers run that came to a halt at Tynecastle in, um, you know, pretty unstylish fashion where we got absolutely hammered. 4-0 it was. And uh, it had to come to an end and it did come to an end. I don't see this being more than a blip though, Colin. It's not a run or a sequence of events or results. It's just a one-off, surely. You would think so, and I think on reflection now you're looking at certain players and as much as you, you call this a one-off game, a lot of players will be judged on that performance going forward. There'll be a lot of ones that will be a while before they get the chance to um, get that opportunity to play for uh, Celtic from the start again. Um, we may see guys like Meda drop out the squad. We may see guys like... Um, Moy, as much as he has impressed when he's came on, maybe that is his role as that sort of 20-30 minute guy towards the end of the game who can dictate um, 
we might not see him play from the start again. Stephen Welsh, we might not see him come in since his Carter Vickers and Staffel are fit again. So I, I think there's there's lessons to be learned from that. And unfortunately, when you come back to these games and you look back on them, there's always someone that you remember from playing in that game. Like I was just mentioning, volleyball and golly, he didn't exactly have the worst game at um, the spaghetti ad last year, but he's that one that you remember actually while he was actually in that team at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you'll see probably in the second half of the season, maybe guys like Haksabanovic, guys like um, Abeligard come in um, and you'll think back to that team and say, there was far too many changes, but now we've got the, the kind of squad quite where we want it to be. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the big Danish boy getting fit and actually playing in that role because um, although he's been on the bench, I don't think he's anywhere near starting yet. Mm. It would be good to see him, for sure. And I don't think... Um, we've seen flashes of Taksabanovic. We've not seen the best of him. He's given us mm-hmm. an indication of what he can do. But, you know, let's not forget, but I do have those two players that um, are going to come in and bolster what um, is generally a very... St- strong start in 11 um, I'm going to get this one out of the way James uh, the colour clash I thought it was bizarre um, and by the way the the third kit um, initially when it came out I think I was quite critical of it wasn't a big fan you guys are sitting with away jerseys on the now and uh, I think it's grown on me I, see, I seen it on JP last week and I thought it looked pretty stylish but it didn't seem like the best idea for both teams to be wearing black shorts by the way please don't think I'm using this as an excuse for our poor performance because both teams had to play with that um, issue, if it was indeed an issue. It certainly was to a TV audience, I thought. Um, I, I mean, it seemed a bit bizarre, James, that we would wear a kind of silvery grey against a black and white side with black shorts and all that. I was half expecting a Alex Ferguson-style change of kits at half-time. You may be too young to remember the game against Southampton where he was complaining that our, the Man United grey kits were blending into the, the crowd and uh, we couldn't pick out a pass and all this was what Alex Ferguson said. It was a bit of a strange decision, was it not, to wear the, those jerseys? Would you not have been better wearing the one that Collins got on the now or St Mirren in their away strip, Celtic in the hoops? Yeah, I was surprised that even the referee didn't sort of call out. First of all, it sort of ruins the viewing experience a bit for someone in the audience watching on the TV. And when the game's televised in the sky, you'd think they'd want to make it the best sort of viewing experience possible. But it was it was really hard to tell the teams apart. When the ball's at the far side of the pitch, you can't really tell who's got the ball or what's going on. And it's the sort of game that, if those were the two kits in a game of FIFA, I would quit the game and start the game. I wish we could have done that. I wish I could have done that as well but we're not using this as an excuse and when had the same kit clash as we did in day one too now so it's it sort of made the game a bit harder to watch than the 2-0 loss already was but it's looking back at it, something maybe should have been done yeah, I mean, we could have certainly come on today, Colin, and, and uh, tried to blame the ref in a colour clash, but obviously that wasn't the reason for Celtic's poor performance. No. Um, you know, James has already mentioned Cameron Carter-Vickers. I wanted to bring him up. Uh, we will talk about some of the partnerships that we've perhaps seen for the first time um, yesterday and maybe for the last time as far as Colin's concerned. But Cameron Carter-Vickers, it really proves how important he is, Colin, but also how important the partnership's been between him and Starfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's not overlook the fact Starfield's had a couple of injuries now this season. There's Carter Vickers going out injured. Um, and you think you've got a really strong squad. I heard a lot of talk. I thought it was, to be fair, 
not ridiculous, but I thought it was a wee bit overblown. All this talk about Celtic having a second string that could win the league and all this kind of stuff. Seen a lot of that chat. Uh, I think that's been blown out the water yesterday. But Cameron Carter-Vickers is pivotal to the success of this side, as is his partnership with Starfield. And we missed them massively yesterday, Colin. Yeah, definitely. You could see it was a partnership that hadn't really played together um, with um, Welsh and Jens and um, when you're coming up against kind of big bully boy strikers like Curtis Main, then you are going to see some um, some people exposed in that sense. We've, we've seen it time and time again, to be perfectly honest, when you're playing a, a partnership that's maybe not had the time to settle and they're coming up against guys like Main or Dykes or players like that. Um, so for me, it's, it's not a partnership I think we'll see going forward. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It did show the kind of lack of game um, games that they've had, and this is one of the things I was saying is why I would have tried to loan out Stephen Welsh in that window there as mm-hmm. much as we'd have needed them to play yesterday. Um, it's not having that week after week performance that can help his development. We've seen it probably not the best time to mention him considering he gets sent off at the weekend, but we've seen the development of Liam Scales up at Aberdeen this week, eh, this year, uh, how highly rated he is now by the Aberdeen players uh, and the fans and how much he uh, is missed when he's not in that team. Guys like Adam Montgomery, who are at St Johnston just now, mm-hmm. um, who could have easily been part of that squad yesterday. But they're getting this sort of match fitness week after week after week, and it's helping their development. So when you kind of look at it again, um, if Stephen Welsh is kind of in here today, we're saying Cameron Carter-Vickers could be back in a couple of weeks, Starfield could be back in a couple of weeks, he then drops out and sits on the bench, and then when we need him again, it's not as if he's playing reserve football or he's got B football so that he can get himself up to speed. He's just kind of been thrown in there, mm. and it's 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 a kind of it's not a dig on him. I think he's a good player, but you know when players have not had that much sharpness and they come into the team, it can take them a while to get up to to speed. And when they're coming up in a game like that yesterday, sometimes it shows. Other times, like against Ross County, you'll get away with it because. We were so dominant on the ball up there. Yeah, we were dominant yesterday, but St. J- St. Mirren caused us more problems than what Ross County did. And law of averages, as you say, you're eventually going to lose a game. But I think it was just a sort of lack of urgency and the lack of creativity yesterday that probably frustrates most people. 
there was a real lack of creativity. You're right, Colin. Um, Carter Vickers gets injured. Uh, he joins on the treatment table his uh, partner, James and Carl Starfelt. Two injuries throw us in a little bit of a, uh, a dilemma because we really are quite, you know, we're quite thin when it comes to the centre-half positions now. Um, whether or not some of the players mentioned uh, by Colin would have been able to step in, you know, I, I think they probably would. This time last year, Scales and Montgomery were were part of the squad, um, but it does show that we we are quite thin at the back and in certain positions. A couple of injuries, and you really are um, left wanting. We don't really have the two or three young guys coming through. Where are they? You know, where, where's the next you know wave of talent like Stephen Welsh? I know that we've we've got already a lot of players. But it's almost as if there's a dearth of talent, so we, we can't even look at the next centre half. No, because there's, there's you know, no... Dane Murray's had game time calling under difficult circumstances, then had a really bad injury. Uh, Boston Lowell has performed pretty well in the fifth tier of Scottish mm-hmm. football. And you wonder, you know, it, it, in times like yesterday, to have somebody on the bench that, that you could bring in, we don't have that at the moment. Is that a concern, James? Yeah, I think at this point, if you're looking to rotate. Welsh and Jens, considering Carter Vickers and Starfelt are injured, you would probably be looking to playing off at Appledgard at centre-back ahead of some of these players in the B team, because Ange did mention in one of his interviews how he can play sort of in the defence. And the fact that we'd be looking to play a defensive midfielder at centre-back instead of giving some of these younger players a chance, it's just a bit mad, to be honest. And I remember people saying we should have signed another centre-back mm-hmm. And the transfer window along with Jens. I personally, I'll admit, I thought it would have been overkill to sign another centre back, but the, we're in, now in the position where the two starting centre backs that helped with the league title last season are both injured. Mm-hmm. So perhaps maybe another centre back should have been signed in the summer transfer window. See, I, the, the thing is, Paul, when we're talking about the, the lack of players coming through, we've lost a sort of generation in that sense. You look at guys like Barry uh, Barry Hepburn and stuff like that that made the moves out to Germany. If they were still in and around Celtic just now, they'd be about 19, 20. Mm-hmm. And they'd be the guys that you'd be expecting to sort of make that move up to the first team. And for the ones that made the move to Germany, the ones that went down south, guys like Vincent Angelini and stuff like that, you'd be sitting there going, right, this is the time where it's either make or break for you at Celtic. Are you going to be good enough to step in the way that Stephen Welsh was called in from the cold when he was out on loan at Morton? Yeah. Or are you going to be the one that just kind of hangs around the club and maybe goes on loan to like a, a Dundee or a um, a Queen of the South and then eventually when your contract's up we say thanks but no thanks in the likes of um, what was the, the Irish striker that we had uh, that we brought? He was out on Jonathan Afalabi. Afalabi and uh, Kieran McEnroy players like that mm. I know not a lot of players make it into the first team but we are missing that generation now you're still saying that guys like um, Boston Law and Rocco Vata and um, players of that ilk they're maybe another season away before you can actually think they're going to have the um, like the experience behind mm. them to step mm-hmm. into that, that first team the, the, the kind of team that we had there that would you would consider maybe ready to go, your Scott Robertsons, your Owen Moffats, they're all gone. Yeah, yeah. There's no one there. We've lost that generation. And you can see why it was important for Ange to then turn to his B team and say, this isn't working. And as loyal as we've been to guys like Tommy McIntyre, you could say, 
well, you've not actually done your job right because, yeah, okay, you might be doing well in the, the Lowland League, but your actual aim is to get new players that can come into where's, my team. Where's my three or four players to, to promote up to the first team? Yeah, exactly. Aye, no, you're spot on. And I think, Colin, what's going to be interesting in the coming, it'll probably be a couple of years' time, will be to have a look at that dozen or so players that you're talking about, this lost generation, lost to Celtic at least, and how they develop uh, elsewhere, because there is a whole host of talented players uh, within that. I think I counted about a dozen. There was another one just the other week there, went down to Leeds, goalkeeper went down to Leeds, um, Mm. 16-year-old. By that age, you're making your first team debut for Arsenal, apparently. Um, Players like Conor Hazard and Ross Doohan. Mm. as well how long we held on to them and we loaned them out and put them here there and everywhere okay Hazard's doing okay with uh, HGK Helsinki but even if he was ever to make a move back to Scotland you know he just wouldn't get anywhere near that Celtic jersey no the one that blew my mind the most was Leo Hjelda he left us for Leeds I think it was last summer when he was playing Mm. B team football and because of all the injuries at Leeds he was playing Premier League football I think he might have played two full 90 minutes for Leeds and apparently we couldn't find any way to get him game time in the Scottish Premiership. We had him relegated to the B team. Yeah, yeah, even when he was on loan at Ross County, he was rated so highly yeah. that, what was it, um, Hughes turned around and says he's the next, next Van, Dyke. Van Dyke. I mean, that's a, that's a bit of blowing up someone's backside to do that, but um, the fact that he is playing for Leeds in the Premiership, there should have been a way for him to be part of this Celtic first team squad. I agree with that and uh, we will I'm sure on a Celtic state of mind have a look at that lost generation um, as they progress elsewhere now there's a few links underneath this video and I'm going to bring them up because over the weekend um, not only were Celtic getting beat in Paisley uh, but our friends the Wakes were in the recording studio now I've kind of kept this a wee bit under wraps and I've I've drip fed a wee bit on the the socials etc so I think it's maybe time just to put it out there exactly what it is we're doing here so the Wakes you'll be well aware of the the Wakes um, for many many years uh, a kind of staple favourite of Celtic fans of St Pauli fans Um, they touch on subjects that are close to our heart as well and um, you know, I'm, I've become friendly with Paul Sheridan, the lead singer, through JP Mason, as it happens. And Paul now does a, a show every quarter on the channel uh, around his love of the football jersey. So we got chatting about what we're going to do for the third year, Colin, of the Axom Charity Weekender. And, um, you know, last year it topped almost 29 grand for St Mary's, the birthplace of Celtic, who were struggling to put their lights on and their heating on. And the Celtic fans came together through that weekend to raise cash to keep them afloat. Uh, the year before that, we raised around 26 plus thousand pounds for four different charities around homelessness, food banks, mental health um, and underprivileged kids. So this year, we were thinking, right, we'll definitely will do the charity weekender where we go live for 24 hours over a weekend. However, there needs to be something that we're pointing you towards. And that's something this time um, is a charity single. So we're actually recording a charity single. And it's a single that has been already recorded by The Wakes. Um, there's a real backstory to the song. Uh, Celtic fans are going to love it. Um, and it's called The Glory and the Dream. So the Wakes have re-recorded it. We, over the last two and a half years or so, have had loads of talented bands in at the State of Mind studio doing acoustic sessions. And it just so happens that some of those very talented and creative bands are Celtic fans. So they're going to get in on the, the act and they're going to sing on the single as well. 
please don't mention Band-Aid. Um, it's not going to be cheesy. It's going to be loads of Celtic fans doing their thing. And that single is going to be released um, around our charity weekender. So we're going to ask Celtic fans to download it um, with a view to pushing it as far as we possibly can. Now, all I'm going to say is, what does it cost these days, James? You'll know for a, a download of a single. It's under a quid, right? About yeah, 69 so or 89 pence. pence. Ah, pence something yeah. like that, right. So you think about it. Two years ago, we raised 27 grand. 26,000 downloads would would push that single pretty pretty uh, far, as would 29,000 downloads. 9,000 9, downloads gets you into the top 40. Well, there you go, right? So this this is where we're coming from. We're recording a promotional single, uh, video rather, and we're going to be doing all that around the fundraiser for St Mary's. So it's out there. The cat's out the bag. Um, we'll be sharing some footage of the recording process as we get people into the studio as well. I'm going to try and get Susan Boyle on it, as well as Paolo Nutini and all the guys. But uh, I, don't know, I don't know, every time I mention Subo, people smile. I mean, imagine having that voice on single. It'd be tremendous. So that's what we're doing. You need to get Jedward done as well, do you not? I'd love... <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's get Jedward done. Maybe now's the time to ask them to get on this single. Um, and we're going to push it over Christmas, as I say, uh, over the weekend or... And we'll see where that takes us. But something a wee bit different um, to take us away from the St Mirren debacle yesterday. And we're going to have to speak about St Mirren a wee bit more. We've been chatting about Cameron Carter-Vickers, his importance to the team, James. But it does highlight that, you know, that second tier, if you like, if you've got the first choice being Starfield and Carter-Vickers, the second choice being, at the moment, Welsh and Jens. There's a massive drop, eh? I mean, what did you think of the partnership between the two? I looked very, very shaky. I mean, the way the, they were dealing with the high balls and the box, it was just, you know, just allowing them chances. Guys like Curtis Main were completely bullying the back line. Jens's performance on Sunday reminded me a lot of a Christopher Julian against Lyndon Dykes sort of performance, where Curtis Main just basically sort of ragdolled and bullied them. He bullied the both of them all around the park. But I think for some of the goals, I think, it was at the second one where it was Cal McGregor's header goes up in there. I think Joe Hart, he, he could have came out to get it pretty easily. But it's it's quite hard to just sort of look at this game and pick out sort of singular moments. I think when you look at the attack as well, I thought we weren't creative enough. We weren't mm-hmm. really decisive enough. There was sort of multiple moments where Giotta had the ball down whichever side of the wing he was on. And they would have three one defenders on him and not an option to pass it to. I mean, the best sort of attacking option we had for that entire game was Haksabanovic's cameo in the second half. I mean, I thought he offered the most in attacking, considering he got, what, about 20 minutes in the park? Mm-hmm. I think that says a lot about the sort of attacking display against the man as well. Yeah, I think yesterday um, our friends from Celtic Down Under were speaking about this and they said the only difference between a, you know being disappointed with a draw and being disappointed with a defeat is the fact that we're going to be criticising the forwards and the defence if we get beat, um, whereas it's normally the, the forwards that we look at if it's just a, a nothing each stalemate. Colin, uh, we're talking about partnerships and there's a couple of others I'm going to bring up, but Welsh and Gents for me, and I've been a big, individually, I've been a big fan of both players mm-hmm. on an individual basis. But I just think that if you take out Cameron Carter-Vickers from that equation, Welsh and Jens just 
could not handle uh, St Mirren's front line yesterday. And that, that's a bit of concern because Curtis Mayer, I'm, you know, I'm not being disrespectful to these guys, but we should be able to deal with those those types of players. I mean, Mayer is a strong wee guy, but he is a wee guy and you should be able to, to deal with him. Um, I don't want my, my central defenders to be bullied and um, I just don't think that partnership works and I'd be very surprised unless forced to see that partnership uh, start for Celtic again, Colin. But again, that's what you—that's what happened yesterday. It was forced. There was no one else there, and I know James kind of highlighted the fact that you could—you've got like a um, a Billy Gard who could potentially play centre half, but you don't want him to turn into the Danish near Beaton. I thought you were going to say players. two way. I thought you were going to say <laughs> no, two way there. <laughs> no, but you, you want these players to sort of play in their natural positions. Even yesterday, I think when we went to the back three, it was kind of. Well, who's playing where sort of thing you'd Ralston move into centre half and it was almost like not to kind of compare it directly but it was a bit like when we lost 4-0 there under Mowbray um, and we were playing kind of players out of position and we are just kind of hoping that with the enough t- attacking threat on the ball yesterday we'd be able to um, create something and create a goal but with the amount of players that we've got there it just kind of shows you that if it comes down to having to play this again, you're probably going to have to change things up because you're going to have to offer a bit of protection if the likes of Main is going to bully someone like Stephen Welsh or Jens. You're maybe going to have to have someone kind of sitting there on him and then concentrate on the rest of the play because even if you've got to sacrifice one of the midfielders to do so, there's still enough creative outlet out there so that when the ball gets up, we should be able to create something. Changing that whole middle of the park yesterday, that changed how we play football. Yes. When you look at it, when it happens during the game, when, I mean, you can absolutely predict when Celtic's playing well, how um, the subs go. We we make all five subs. We start on about the 64th minute Mm -hmm. and we, we make three subs and three of those subs are Turnbull, Moy, and whoever the other striker is that isn't playing, whether it be Kilgore or Jackamacus. And you keep McGregor on the park, and you change the two in midfield, whether it be Hitati and O'Reilly or whoever's playing in there, and you change the striker. And then 10 minutes later, off will come McGregor and on will come the, the third midfielder, whether it be um, Moy or whether it be um, whoever else that's going to slot into that defensive midfield role. So we know how we do it when we're playing well. But when you change it round, especially when players have only got 15, 20 minutes to get up to speed, it's very difficult to change the emphasis on being Mm -hmm. such a sort of defensive-minded player to then pushing forward and giving everything without leaving gaps at the back as well. So This is the thing, Colin. I made that point yesterday on Twitter and a few people said, well, you know, Jota was on the park, O'Reilly was on the park attack. But when you're bringing these guys in where the pace has already been set, it's very, very difficult for that entire dynamic to be turned around mm-hmm. just by making the substitutes. I mean, you're basically asking them to cancel out 60, 65 minutes of um, Celtic dominating play, but St Mirren frustrating us um, and us being pretty uncreative to, uh, you know, score three goals in, in something like, 30 minutes and you know it it instantly looked as though that was not going to be that type of performance so I totally agree with that I think the only way you could have done that is if you took the massive risk of changing all five players at half time 
didn't I say that in the group? Change the strips and, and swap five players and they might be all right. It's a massive um, risk considering somebody might pick up an injury, but it's the only way you're going to change the tempo of that game yesterday. You're also saying, Colin, if you're Ange Coglu, I got this wrong. If you're making that kind of level of change, yeah, you, you know. He did say that at full time, though. Yeah. He did admit mm. that he got it wrong. And you'd rather a manager be bold enough and be brave enough to admit that he got it wrong uh, and change it earlier than just put up with it and hope that it gets better. How, how him, refreshing is that, Colin? A manager who actually takes it on the chin. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at um, a couple of weeks ago when Rangers played Hibs. Lee Johnson made the two subs after, tw- was it 27 minutes or something like that? And it didn't work right away for them. But he knew that he got his team selection wrong. And he changed it first. Mm-hmm. And yeah, okay, maybe it's not great on players that are coming off after 25 minutes, 27 minutes. But if you have got it wrong, you change it at your first opportunity. You don't just sort of persevere with it. No, I, I'd agree with that. By the way, back on the, the subject of the wakes, Colin has suggested that Jedward should be on the single. If you've got any suggestions, by the way, Colin, I don't know if you've got them booked in for the Greenock yet, but if you've got any suggestion as to who should be on the Axom and the Wakes Christmas single, that's what we're calling it for the Axom Weekender uh, entitled The Glory and the Dream, then give us your suggestions. I want Susan Boyle on it. We've got, I think, 10 of the guys and girls who have been in at the studio who have agreed to come in and put their voice into the chorus. It's going to be great. I uh, about Christmas to, to release this. Any suggestions, James? Mogwai? Yourself. <laughs> oh, no, we, we wanted to sell singles. Percussion. I, I can do a bit of percussion in the background, right? I think, um, I think you've got to look at someone like Jim Kerr. Simple that means. would be good. Aye, that would be good. I bumped into him once in uh, the Gorbals, Jim. And, um, you know, so he is a weary axiom now because I, I spoke to him about us. And, uh, aye, why, why not ask uh, Craigie, your, Craigie White? He's not going to say, what about your, your good pal Manny as well? Watch the space. He might, oh. he might come in and play a bit of bass. Um, poor Kev. Yeah, Craig, you know what? Kev knows that we're just winding him up. Um he binned Kev. Uh, James and Colin both been Kev. I've not binned them. Um, he's still on on a Wednesday and um, you know we're running out of contributors to put in on a Wednesday. But the best thing about last week was JP's impression of Kev. And by the way, he toned it down. Um, he was impersonating Kev prior to us going uh, live on Thursday. And JP, I do love an impression for JP. But the reason I mentioned the links underneath the video is because Although we have a, a total as such for St Mary's last year, we've continued, we've kept the, the fundraiser open. So if anybody ever wants to donate to that fundraiser, you do so in uh, one of the links underneath this video. And when the payment comes in, we send it over to directly to St Mary's bank account uh, to help with the upkeep of the birthplace of Celtic. Now, Paul McLean comes in to say, what have we learned? The squad isn't as strong as we believe it to be. Um, yeah, there was a lot of talk, James, about Celtic having almost two teams that could do the job in most games and we could play a European side followed by... And I think that's been blown out of the water after yesterday's performance. Do you think everybody was getting a wee bit carried away with that? Yeah, we were ranting and raving sort of at the end of, or just after the chance window about how strong this squad is the starting squad. Yeah, the starting squad is very strong, but perhaps the sort of backup players aren't as good as we perhaps thought. You look at we're saying oh anybody could step into the team and do a job. But the I think if you're playing guys like Aaron Moy and David Turnbull together, they're both not exactly the quickest of players. Mm-hmm. They like to sort of take their time with the game. And that just completely slowed us down. 
And then you see when we tried, as you mentioned there, we tried to bring on guys like Hattati in the second half who they love controlling the game. They love to impose their sort of style and tempo on the game. They just couldn't do it because the game was already gone and slowed down because of the midfield that we had started in the first half. And again, I hate to sort of go back to the players we were talking about earlier, but I don't think Stephen Welsh is perhaps as good as we maybe thought he was. There's been quite a few games, big games, where he's been called upon and he's not sort of really done the job. Again, I don't know if it's Colin said that's because of a lack of game time, maybe a lack of sharpness, but when we're talking about players who should have got loaned out a few seasons ago, we were talking about the young players perhaps, he should have had another loan spell maybe last season or the season before where he wasn't going to get much game time. I think he could have used one last season. It's interesting though, eh, that um, there was two reported approaches for Stephen Welsh calling mm-hmm. to lose yeah. and Udinese yep. both wanted him and uh, you know I still go back to the Chris Julian scenario really uh, playing a part in our dealings in transfer market when it comes to centre halves I mean last season Cat Vickers comes in on loan last day of the transfer window because you know it was up in the air up in the air rather as to when Julian was coming back in at that time I think the suggestion was he was coming back September October time mm-hmm. it didn't, didn't happen he ended up playing yeah. I think 20 minutes against Wraith Rovers then this time round we brought Jets in before Julian leaves so has Welsh suffered from a wee bit of that as well Colin where we're thinking we need to keep a hold of him because we don't have enough centre halves it is that kind of aspect isn't it I mean the squad is a very strong squad see if you look at it yes on paper it's a very strong squad but Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. If a player was to go out injured, for example, um, say a, a Matt O'Reilly, and you're looking at someone like David Turnbull to come in, there is a reason why David Turnbull's not the first choice player and Matt O'Reilly is, and you notice that. But if you only make that one change, and it's or, um, it's O'Reilly out and Turnbull in, mm. you tend to get by with it because they'll offer something a bit different to the, the team with the rest of the players playing at the top of their game then someone like Turnbull will actually up his game and you'll maybe see a couple of assists, you'll maybe see a couple of goals. And you'll notice there's a slight change, but you'll not notice that there's a that sort of massive drop-off that we saw yesterday. Um, so when you kind of take a look at it, bringing six of those players in that haven't played week in and week out, that's when you notice the difference. It'd be okay, see if you go gave those six another run of five or six games, there's every chance that they could get up to the level that we've seen the performances from the rest of the squad this season. But when you're throwing them in from the cold, mm. it, it will maybe take them a game or two to get up there. 
I mean, how many times did we, we kind of see guys like Jackamakis getting written off last year? Someone that hadn't had a full pre-season, someone that came in out of the cold, was playing 15 minutes here or there, and then when he played his first 90 minutes, he missed a penalty. And that was it. He was kind of written off, and then he came back, and when he actually got a run of games and Kyogo got injured, he showed how good he actually could be. So as much as there's players that will say yesterday they had a poor performance, if they had to play a game on Wednesday night, for example, you'd probably see a totally different performance because they've had that 90 minutes in their legs or they've had that 75 minutes in their legs and they're getting more match sharpness. Mm. That's that's part of the problem. They can train as well as they want to train for Ange, but there's a much diff- There's so much of a difference playing in a training game as opposed to playing in a an actual match and you're coming up against players from the opposition. In training, you're not going to get those sort of niggly people biting at your ankles and trying to kind of hurt you whereas when you go on and you're actually playing in there if that's the kind of team you're coming up against then you're a stylish player like a Hatati or an O'Reilly it's going to take you a bit of time to get up to speed to that game that's how it didn't change when we brought them on in the sort of spells that we did bringing the 2-2 and the, the one on Yeah, you certainly need games I think there's an intensity you can train at which probably is still I'm not going to say a level, but there'll, there'll be a margin, there'll be a percentage below match intensity, James. So I, I, I totally get that. And I think we've seen it last season with some players who weren't getting the games. And when they came in, you could see that they were a bit uh, ring rusty. Um, Strange love the doctor. Yeah, we are still top of the league. The reason I bring that one up is, again, you know, people are talking about the fact that we beat Rangers and that three points now is what separates the two sides. I don't see it as cancelling out. The, the, the beating of Rangers, James. I mean, yesterday was a one-off. Um, if you beat an opposition and you put them to the sword as we did when we came up against Rangers, then there's the whole psychological aspect of that that goes along with it as well, James. So I'm not looking at it like that. I'm just seeing it as like the Livingston 2-0 game. You'll remember under Neil Lennon, um, like the, the Hearts 4-0 game, which came pretty early in the season, if I remember right, um, before the turn of the year. These, yeah, like these, yeah, these things happen, and they they often happen away from home. And you know what? It gives you an opportunity to almost refresh, learn a few things about a few players, a few partnerships that might not work. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that by the time we come back to competitive action, I think it'll be Motherwell is at the second of October on a Saturday. Um, we'll, we'll see the Celtic that we've grown to love under Ange Postecoglou. So I, I'm not looking at it any more than that, James. I'm not overreacting. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, we're still two points clear at the top of the table. Of course, it's frustrating because having a five-point gap at this point in the season would have been sort of massive. But to have that sort of pain away straight away after we built the gap is a bit a bit annoying. But there's so much of the season to go. It's hard to really sort of look at things this way. It's a blip, as the title says. Every sort of big team... When a big sort of one and one ends, it's usually a, a sort of blaze of glory that goes out. As we mentioned, mm. Rogers lost 4 0 when Liverpool went on there, long unbeaten one. They were looking for an invincible season, I believe. Watford battered them 3 0, and then Watford got relegated that season. But these sort of things happen. You can't win every game forever. If we could win every game forever, that would be absolutely fantastic. But that's just not the way football works, and these, these things happen. 
Yeah, definitely. Now, there are some suggestions coming in, Colin, about uh, people we should get into the recording studio. This is like, you know, if you were to write down a paper that your greatest ambition to release a single, bring in loads of Celtic supporting musicians and uh, make loads of money for charity, that would be right up there on the bucket list, Colin. And that's exactly what we're doing. I'm going to give you a wee bit more detail about the song as well. But uh, here are some... Suggestion Studs Lanigan thinks Shabin should be on the single and um, Barry Barry Rylan was he a singer? Is that how yeah. he became famous? I often wondered, right? Because he just bounces about with a big teeth. He was famous just... for being absolutely terrible. Was he bad? There's a surprise. Well, this song is not bad, let me tell you. It will not be a sympathy vote uh, when you download this tune. Yeah. Michael89, we do have contact with Bobby and um, we will ask a question. They can only say no. Um, the other thing I would say is that basically what happened back in 1987, were you two guys born? First of all, no. Oh my goodness, this song's older than used to. The, oh man, th- this this song is older than the period. So basically what happened is that um, two individuals wrote a song called The Glory and the Dream and the song was written by uh, JJ or Jinky Gilmer who is best known as being the frontman of The Silencers. And Gary John Kane, who's the bass player, the current bass player, um, with The Proclaimers. So they two wrote a song back in 1987. And they wrote the song because Celtic wanted to release a charity... No, they wanted to release, sorry, a centenary single in and around the centenary celebrations where we had floral tributes and uh, museum... um, exhibitions and uh, all that kind of thing and of course Celtic won a double but we're going to release a centenary single so the two guys wrote the song demoed it with members of the Bluebells and Trisha Ferns and uh, uh, members of Hue and Cry and all this kind of thing they all got together and recorded a demo of the song which I've got Um, but Celtic changed their mind they didn't want to release the song after all Uh, they eventually released the Celtic rap which uh, if you go into YouTube, you can see that they made the wrong decision in releasing the Celtic rap. And the song, which is obviously Gary John's and JJ's, existed in its demo format since 1987 until those two gentlemen very um, generously said to Axom that we could release it as a single. So that's the background to the song. Um, The Glory and the Dream is the title of the song. And the Wakes have just re-recorded it. And I've got to say, I'm very excited about uh, sharing this a wee bit more with everybody who tunes in to, to Axon. Steve-O, Matt, uh, lesson learned. Squad depth exists, but not for wholesale change. We're still dependent on the same 11 to get the ball rolling and set up the tempo. Absolutely agree with this. Sub-quality we have, bar one or two, are to see out games. It's all about that tempo that we set. And a big part of that is in the midfield, the engine room. So, Colin, you've got McGregor flanked by Hatate and O'Reilly, and that, that three um, has become undoubtedly the strongest midfield that we could possibly field. Um, and they do set the tempo, don't they? Um, and without Hatate and O'Reilly, McGregor isn't the same player either. Um, it's a wee bit concerning, though, that when you look at the midfields uh, that we have to play with, so you've got Moy there. Who, who came in yesterday, you've got Turnbull um, as well, we allowed Beaton and Rogic to, to leave the club but you've got Idiguchi who's been kind of long term injured, you've got McCarthy um, and again the, the drop in quality is is huge, 
if you want them to go out and set that tempo of the game, almost put the game to bed before you swap it around. Is that a concern? We've spoken about the defensive concerns. Is that a concern for you, Colin? But it is to an extent. Um, I think you're still getting a lot of these players up to speed. I mean, Aaron Moy, as fit as he is, hadn't really played a lot of football. I mean, we, we heard this, don't worry about it, he's played 125 minutes for Australia and stuff like that, and fair enough, but... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. We're now playing two, three games a week and we are needing to give these guys 20, 30 minutes at a time to get them in so that we can rest these players that are so pivotal to us just now um, that are able to dictate the pace. But what you also need on the bench is players that can come on and change the game. You need players that if you, you are having a performance like yesterday and you're thinking, right, this isn't working for us, we've got to change this up here, who do you bring on? Now, if you go with what your starting three is at the minute, you would say it's Hattati O'Reilly and McGregor. Now, if you were to turn to the bench, you're saying, right, if that three doesn't work, who do you bring on? Mm. Now, we've saw yesterday that if you change the three that we've got and you go with Moy and you go with Turnbull and you go with whoever, they're not quite up to speed. And I think it does come from the fact of what the, the the contributor was just saying there is when we bring these guys on, the games are already won. So you are sort of seeing out the game. The only one, the only game so far this season where, and the game was won, but we did go on once these players came on to go and score another couple of goals was Dundee United away. Normally after 60, 70 minutes, we're kind of maybe three, four up and we're saying, right, let's see this game out. Against Dundee United, obviously we went on and scored another couple when these players came on as well. Mm-hmm. But you don't get that happening very often. So, as I said to you earlier on, this is potentially what Moy's role is in this team, is that if you're looking to see a game out and you're looking to rest the players, you bring them on with 20, 30 minutes to go. He might not yeah. be ever ever be the player that will start and play two three games a week. As much as... Certain people who have watched Moy throughout his career would say he would be able to do so. But in this Celtic team, it might not just be his position. I mean, there's there's no harm in having a player like that. We've asked for players like that in the past, where if you're dropping someone off and you want to just see a game out, you want that experience in there. So if Moy can be that player, then that's fine. I mean, every big team had the super sub that they could turn to. You look at guys like Solskjaer, who was under Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, it was always the likes of like Damien Duff when it came to Jose Mourinho's Chelsea. Um, or if you go back to Neil Lennon's Celtic, it was always Johnny Hayes. Johnny Hayes must have been on a appearance bonus with uh, Neil Lennon because he was always the first sub, if you go back and look at it. Um, there's nothing wrong with having these players in this, the team because it's part of having a bigger, more reliable squad. It just you notice the difference when these guys have to come in and start the 90 minutes. Yeah, I, I just think I agree with quite a lot of the comments coming in. It was the wholesale nature of it. If you brought in Turnbull, for example, I don't think it would have been as noticeable. No. If you brought in Moy, 
um, on his own, I don't think it would have been as noticeable if he, you know, if he was maybe playing a defensive role and um, allowing the likes of O'Reilly etc. to to flourish. I've been impressed with with Moy's uh, cameo appearances, James. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon and and say that he's he's rubbish and he was a poor signing. I don't think he has been a poor signing. I just don't think yesterday uh, was a great day for anyone. Uh, in a Celtic jersey, but it was probably the the game that I actually thought you could have thrown Moy in because you know it's a familiar territory for him, um, you know. And, and I just I was disappointed with his performance because I've kind of been bigging him up. And I, I thought again, Stephen um, Donetsk when he comes in, there's a couple of balls that he plays that I thought were were superb. So I'm not I'm not quite ready to write these guys off, James. I just think that uh, as Colin says, there's a role for them, and that role isn't. Uh, probably as a starter at this stage would you agree with that? Yeah I would 100% agree with that we saw that, is this the first game Aaron Moyes started? He played the cup game didn't he? The cup game right? Ross County? Yeah well, in this game on this occasion it just the game was just a lot slower and when he's came on off the bench most have been impressed with him I've been fully impressed with him whenever he's made a mm-hmm. camera I thought he's sort of calmed the game down when it needed to be calmed down and just helped us see out and teams like us need those sort of players when we're playing in a league like this but I think Cal McGregor should have been the sixth from the start as I've seen some people in the comments saying how important he is to us progressing the play especially when we've got people in defence like Welsh and Jens who are in my opinion very good at passing out from the back I yeah. think that's one of the reasons I don't mind Steve Welsh that much I think he's very good at passing out from the back but even just having McGregor there to help him when you've got a guy like Curtis Main putting all the pressure on them, I feel like it could have paid dividends for us. But again, hindsight is a wonderful thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, on a Monday after a defeat, uh, doesn't, it's, ha- it's not happened that often on Axum since Ange's come in. Um, we have got to pick the bones of that defeat. We have got to look at reasons why it happened and who didn't play so well. So I, d- I just don't think um, that we're sitting here criticising them for the sake of it. We just don't want to see many days like that. Um, there's, there is a suggestion of the afternoon from Lubo Maestro. Snoop Dogg, could we get Snoop to rap on it? Uh, why not? You know, that rack... He's doing uh, just rack. the Adrian Steele come with us. <laughs> he yeah, he's, he's clearly got a fee, doesn't he? Pay the fee. Pay the fee and we'll get Snoop Dogg on it. Um, we might have to do a separate fundraiser to raise the fee. Uh, Lanky67, welcome back. You're sporting the same jersey as Colin. I'm listening to The Wakes right now. The best song, in my opinion, is Pirates of the League. Um, yeah, they are... They've got a fan base over in St. Pauli as well. Sorry, Colin. That's quite impressive, Paul. He's able to listen to the wakes whilst having us on mute because he knows we're talking crap. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, listen, this could be soundtracked by the wakes. I I can't wait actually to release the promo video. Uh, We really are going to uh, push this as far as we possibly can. Uh, The actual listeners have got behind our, our previous two campaigns to raise cash around about Christmas time for those in need and uh, I know that that will happen again this year but we'll try and divert them into you know, downloading that single I'd say it'd be really really impressive if we managed to get into the top 40 the UK top 40 especially that. towards Christmas time I was watching a, a YouTube video the other day and it was these um, kind of pranksters and they created a fake song and they, they sort of um, went round and basically the, what they needed was something like 9,000 downloads mm. to get it into the top 40 and what they did is they asked people on the street 
to download the single and then they'd give them their money back. So they sort of paid their way into the top 40. Did they get in? They got into number 27. What? So this is possible. With the amount of people that watch this show, with the amount of people that contribute, you can download it on so many different devices, mm. your phone, your tablet, your laptop, 59 pence roughly. The, the can we get this into the top 40? Can it, we do it? I don't think it's impossible. If you get the right people behind that, we could get an Axon top 40 for Christmas. And I'm definitely playing percussion. I mean, where do you go now if you get into the, the charts? used to be on top of the pops. That doesn't happen now. You know what I mean? There, there's no other alternative, is there? No, there's nothing. No. Not even a Saturday morning TV show. No, but I think... We might see, go to Soccer AM. We could do that. We could. But I tell you what, these because these people were so unheard of, they ended up on the chart show itself to try and find out a bit about them. So imagine having the wakes on the big top 40 talking about this single. The publicity would be unreal. We'd need to get uh, Kev Graham involved because he'd been taking a slagging today and uh, we'd maybe get him to do the, the Snoop Dogg rap. If Snoop can't do it, we'll get Kev to do it, right? Uh, Paul Cockwell, what's the song? The song is called The Glory in the Dream, Paul. It was an unreleased uh, composition by Gary John Kane and JJ Gilmer. And uh, the demo's brilliant. I've been listening to the demo for a couple of years and uh, we've re-recorded it. So we will have um, snippets on the socials soon as they're fed in, we'll be doing the, the promo video um, as well in the studio and also down at uh, St Mary's. We'll be doing a bit of filming down there as well. So uh, really looking forward to this one just to keep things a wee bit fresh. Get John Barnes to do the rap. That's a great shout, buddy. Uh, you imagine getting John Barnes to do the rap because obviously World in Motion and the Anfield rap um, were the two occasions that John Barnes were in the charts, Paddy. Um, why not get him a treble and get him onto the Axom um, as well? Tony, if you're going to uh, do that, you've got to bring in Kevin Keegan as well. Oh dear. <laughs> Kev Keegan. You know, the thing with Keegan is, I think he's always been pretty respectful to Celtic, but uh, I'm not sure what he's up to these days. What was it, the, Tony, big, the big Perman stuff? What was his song? Was it the top 20 he made? Did he not do it though with somebody else? No, I'm thinking of Hoddle and Waddle. They did a duet. Yeah, Hoddle and Waddle did the duet. I'm pretty sure Kevin Keegan had like a top 20 single. Oh, dear me. Things have changed, right? So back in the day, I think you had to sell tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, to get in the charts. Colin tells me, I think the target's going to be 10,000. If we can get 10,000 downloads, we might um, really ruffle people's feathers, and that's brilliant, because then you get the exposure, and you're raising more and more cash for the charity as well. I think uh, when we went down to St Mary's, it would have been probably about this time, actually, last year, and it was freezing. It was so cold, they couldn't put the radiators on. Um, and you could see the, the cold air coming out your breath. It was just quite sad to see that uh, during the pandemic they had really fallen into that state, as had a lot of um, similar businesses uh, in and around that time, uh, as well as chapels, because obviously it's not a, a business. It's, uh, some, it's somewhere that uh, is the heartbeat of a community. Um, and it's so relevant to the, the story of Celtic. Um, anyone who's into the history will know how important St Mary's is. Um, and it's been so important as well, Colin, 
around the services for some of our dearly departed ex-players as well most recently John Hughes um, down at St Mary's um, and if you go down there it's just a beautiful building you know you've got the mosaic as you walk in with the Celtic cross you've got the angels uh, above you at the entrance the, the Walfred painting is in there the Peterhausen painting and of course when you come out Anne Gorton Moore has that beautiful monument uh, in memory of those who um, lost their lives during the Great Hunger in the, uh, the 1840s. So it's a great place to visit and you should visit it um, as often as you possibly can. Um, if you're ever over on a pilgrimage from uh, further afield, then make sure that not only um, Celtic Park, go and visit St Mary's as well. It's a huge part of our traditions and our history. And hopefully we can raise some extra cash for them as well. Colin Watt um, is suggesting that uh, we should get someone like Kevin Keegan to join John Barnes on the rap. I would much prefer to have uh, Kevin Graham, never mind Kevin Keegan. Paolo Nutini, yeah, we can only ask the question. Shane McGowan, I would love that. I don't think Shane's in great um, health at the moment. Diamond no. Lights, was that Hoddle and Waddle? I think was Diamond Lights. I think Head Over Heels was someone says in the, the chat... Kevin was, Keegan uh, had Kevin a hit Keegan's. song. But I, I preferred the one, this one here from Kevin Martin. <laughs> <laughs> you could put that on a loop uh, over some beats, I'm pretty sure, as well. That was when English football was at its absolute peak, in my opinion, in the early 90s. Someone will come in and tell me it was better in the 60s, but I wasn't around at that point. But, but you, yeah. You back to the music charts back then, but it was always like teams that made the FA Cup final. They always had the big sort of single. And then you had... Um, Snooker Loopy as well when mm. Snooker was at its prime I'm sure I had that single like, did you? I'm sure I did my brother had the Anfield rap on 7 inch still got it Jerry Cinnamon yeah Jerry Cinnamon would be great but he's impossible to get anywhere near he's quite a private guy he doesn't do much in, in terms of um, uh, press and all that kind of stuff listen keep the suggestions coming in you can only ask right you can only ask and, Lewis um, Capaldi he's another Celtic oh fan. yeah I'd love big Capaldi to get in on the action. Did you, have what, you seen the the video that he brought out? For how could single? I fail? How could I fail to see it, Colin? That was I, can't, I can't unsee it. Absolutely fantastic. When we were up at the venue um, the other week, there there was big, massive banners. Here. I'm sitting with the the top off and all that. I just thought, <laughs> I love this guy. I absolutely love it. Um, in this day and age, where everything's about airbrushing and selfies and and filters and all this nonsense, he just sits there and yeah. You know, Natural. He, he, he did a podcast with the one of the new boys that's on um, Dragon's Den. Uh, I can't remember the name of the, the, the boy, um, but it's really good. It goes in-depth. He talks about his struggles with mental health and stuff like that. Um, but you know, there's always one question that gets asked, and it's, if you could do one thing, what would you do? And he says, um, I've always been rubbish at football, but I'd love to score the winner on the Glasgow Derby against them. That's how he finishes the podcast. Oh, Lewis, on you come. Get involved, my man. Damien Marley, da- Daniel uh, Mack comes in. Yes, obviously there was that tweet that got a bit uh, traction back in the day. I'm sitting watching the Bob Marley uh, documentary and I remember Dixie Dean saying in his book that Bob Marley was a big Celtic fan. He bumped into him um, when he was playing in Australia. And um, it was Rowan Marley. There was a picture of him wearing a Celtic jersey on the, on the documentary. And people were saying, Paul, you're, you're talking nonsense, blah, blah, blah. And then Rowan Marley get, gets in on the Twitter exchange and confirms, you know, me and my dad were big Celtic fans. And of course, Damien Marley's on Twitter as well. Yeah, I'd love to hear a whole well. lot of them. The Fratellis. Yeah, we've got one of their 
goal district there, by the way. And the person who won it, Tony Cassidy, is a regular contributor to the comments field. He needs to pick it up or I need to drop it off for him. But yeah, no Gallagher, I think there's more chance that Liam would do it. Um, Capaldi, yeah. Kyle Faulkner, we could get them all in, couldn't we? That'd be brilliant. Yes, I'd love that. Just before we go, lads, um, one final point. Colin Watt mentioned earlier on about uh, Yakamakis. Was yesterday not tailor-made for a Yakamakis start? I mean, I'm not just saying that because I thought Kyogo was pretty anonymous yesterday, James, but that that type of game's a Yakamakis game, isn't it? Yeah, it was the way St. Mern's set up. It completely nullified Kyogo. I'm a big Kyogo fan. I think he's one of, if not the best player in the country on his day. But that sort of game, when they've been as physical as they are, the way our Robinson team plays, as he said, that's that's the sort of game you play Yakimakis. And considering how much we rotate the team, why not give one of our best sort of rotation players, if you want to call him that, Yakimakis, a run out in a game like that? Mm. What do you think, Colin? I mean, I, I'm with James on this one. I just started Yakimakis. And again, not with hindsight because I love Week Yogo I just think he was suited to, to that game yesterday he is and I've always said that when you're coming up against guys like Declan Gallagher at centre half um, that is the kind of game where Jack Amakis thrives he loves getting in those sort of physical tussles um, and I think if you'd sort of softened them up by playing him up front then bringing Kyogo off the bench would have been a good option yesterday when they went to the two uh, obviously, I think Jackamakis probably should have scored yesterday. Um, he's had a couple of those recently where um, you're thinking he, he should have stuck that one in the back of the net, maybe like the one against Shakhtar as well. Um, so I think he's someone who could be doing with trying to get a, a run of games just to get a wee bit of form and get a couple of goals in. Um, Kyogo, obviously, you know, even when he's not on form, he can turn around and score from 15, 20 yards quite easily like he did against Dundee United, but that would have been the sort of ideal game, I think, for Jack and Marcus, um on uh, Sunday. But, as we say, this is hindsight, isn't it? We will look back on it. We'll look back on this result at the end of the season and it'll be the, the blip, but it'll be the turning point like it was last year where we hopefully go on and go unbeaten between now and the end of the season. Yeah, let's hope so. A few uh, other shouts before we go. Fran Healy, yes. Fran Healy's, uh, I think it was the fourth Travis album Celtic fans appeared on it. He, he recorded us chanting at a, a game against Fulham uh, in a pre-season game and he recorded their chants and they appeared on the album. So Fran Healy is sporting a fantastic beard at the moment. Dylan John Thomas, Marquee. Uh, we spoke to Dylan John down at uh, Meadowlands in Nottingham. Uh, when we were down there filming great lad uh, really good chat and there's a lot of people who don't like to obviously stick their colours to the the mast and all that and I get that but uh, Damien Dempsey then we are talking yeah it would be great I think he's playing in Dublin in December but um, Charlene Spateri not a Celtic fan as well yes Charlene Spateri how good would that be Um, yeah so Axon Live again we are going live we're going to be in Gracie's in January January the 20th, we're going to be in Gracie's in Glasgow, live event, special guest, tickets are selling out, believe it or not, and we haven't even announced who the special guest is going to be, Um, so if you want to come along, 
uh, and uh, get involved in something that's a wee bit different. It's not going to be just a QA, it's going to be a, a little bit different. That's all I'm saying at the moment. Come along, uh, the ticket link is underneath this video. I know we got pumped from St. Mirren yesterday, but don't stop that from buying tickets for Axon Live in January because by that time, I'm pretty sure we'll still be top of the league as well. So please come along, say hello to the Axon team who will be there on the night and uh, enjoy a night shoulder to shoulder with a lot of these people who are in the comment section who you've maybe never met before by that time we're probably celebrating a top 40 single as well Colin um, so why not come along and get involved thanks everybody for getting involved yeah pretty disappointing today on account of a defeat yesterday um, however I'm pretty sure that uh, Ange will put it right we'll be back tomorrow at 12.30 with the usual squad uh, Natasha Lawrence and Declan Thanks, everybody, for getting involved in the comments. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Thank you to James and Colin for joining me once again on A Celtic State of Mind. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad, because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's E-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.